Hey folks, and today I'm taking a look at Outliers, the story of success written by Malcolm Gladwell. First, just want to give a big shout out to Shaquille. My buddy sent me this book from New Jersey to Arkansas, and it was a great read. So thanks again. What I liked about this book is that Gladwell argues against the traditional thoughts on success. Gladwell mentions that typically we think of successful people and successful companies relying on individual merit and being the best and brightest to get to their achievements. He argues that there are unseen advantages and unseen opportunities that have led to success for folks in the music industry, sports, and even in education. So what I wanna do is share stories about how the Beatles became successful, how hockey players born between January and March have become successful, and finally, how older students, even from a fourth grade classroom, tend to be more successful than younger students in that same fourth grade classroom. So jumping into the Beatles, for any music fans out there, the Beatles came over to the United States in 1964. They hit the ground running and it was the start of the British invasion. However, Gladwell provides some of the context that helped make them successful. I didn't realize, but the Beatles had performed over 1200 times before they even came to the United States. John Lennon mentioned that they performed in Hamburg, Germany. They would do eight hour shows seven days a week. And they did this for over a year and a half. So that led to a critical advantage for them. This, this outlier of an opportunity led to that critical advantage for them because they were able to polish their stage performance, their stamina, and even you know, some of the variety of music that they were able to perform with on stage. So that led to some of the success that they had once they came back to the United States. So that accumulated advantage that they saw coming from Germany also translates to hockey players. This is a cool chapter for any sports fans out there because I didn't realize that the selection process for hockey players tends to emphasize folks who are more mature and they, they tend to confuse maturity with ability and raw talent. So for more context, Gladwell mentioned that 40% of hockey players are actually born between January and March, while 10% of hockey players are born between October and December. Taking it one step further, you're five times more likely to see a hockey player born in January than you are to see a hockey player born in November on an NHL team, for example. And this is because there's a self-fulfilling prophecy in the hockey selection that again, confuses maturity with talent and ability. Younger players, coaches see the younger players and they tend to prioritize the, the folks that are older. Just because they're more mature, they may have more skill at that period of time, but they may not have skill, you know, if everything was on an even playing field. So this trickles down to more experiences, more resources, and more valuable coaching for older players and more mature players as younger players 
tend to be left behind more. That's why you tend to see older players between January and March in the NHL compared to players born between October and December. There's that accumulative advantage that these players get at such, at such a young age that has a lifelong advantage for them once they do make it to the league or professional leagues around the world. So this concept of accumulative advantage is also interesting for any of you intellectuals out there who enjoy speaking on education and some of the education systems that take place around the world. So that idea of, of folks being older and confusing ability with raw talent also trickles into education as well. So there was a study done that took a look at the correlation between math and science. And I think it was month, the month that you were born. So it took a look at math and science scores and the birth month of students in the fourth grade. And they found that students who are older scored four to 12% higher than students who are younger. So the risk is that teachers, and I'm not trying to call anyone out, just as a system as a whole, you know, teachers may see students who score better on these exams and may sort them into gifted and talented programs at a younger age. So again, this is the idea of the self-fulfilling prophecy where talent and innate ability is confused with maturity as some of these mature students get extra resources, extra time, and extra learning opportunities, these critical opportunities that can shape the rest of their lives. So the risk is that this has a trickling effect, this accumulative advantage for students, for hockey players, and even musicians. So the risk is that, at least in education, if you were a younger student, you're not, you may not get as many resources, experiences, and exposure to be successful. And it may be the difference between getting into college and, and not getting into college. So it's definitely increased my passion on education and just seeing the best way to try to solve that solution and how we can solve it better as a society. And that's the final thing that I like that Gladwell talks about is he proposes ideas on how we can create more opportunities for the people in our, in our society. One example was to hold off on sorting folks into gifted and talented programs until kids are maybe 10 or 11 as their maturity levels are able to increase and then you're able to see you know, who, who does have the talent here and who's just not older than the other. Another idea, not just an idea, but there's a school in the Bronx that serves lower income students. And this program, it's called the Knowledge is, Power, Knowledge is Power program in the Bronx. It, there's a trade-off. There's a trade-off between the amount of time you're in school, it's longer classes, class starts at 8 a.m. and it ends at 5 p.m., classes on Saturdays, and there's longer extended summer hours too. But the trade-off is that, as opposed to other schools around that area where you may not have an opportunity to go on to that next level and graduate college, there's about 80% chance that you are able to graduate college and have a better life for yourself. 
So that was a second proposal. And personally, I think that universities like Rutgers, for example, should continue to collaborate with the institutions around their community, provide resources to elementary schools, mentorship programs, and just share any insights and learnings that we have with the younger elementary schools, for example, and middle schools. So yeah, I was glad to speak on how opportunity sometimes is more important than individual merit and just being the best and brightest. So a few other topics that Outliers covers also includes Bill Gates and the tech revolution, knowledge threshold, and even how agriculture has come to shape our industry in education in the 21st century. So feel free to message me with any additional book recommendations. Until next time, thank you.